Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You are listening to the Load Management Podcast. Why, I don't know. What's popping, everybody? Brand new episode of Load Management Podcast. This is your man, Chops. Back for a new episode with some big guests like we always do at this time. Uh, Zion, Adam, I'm not sure more has changed in one week since we recorded a podcast than uh, what changed, what happened in this past week. The, the NBA literally stopped for three days since we last recorded this podcast. Well, do you, I mean, when we were taping the interview with Austin, um, the Bucks magic game is about to get going. And Well, let me, uh, let me, let me preface it, Adam, real quick. Yeah, so we have Austin Eckler, Asia Wilson on this pod. The Asia Wilson interview was done like a week and a half ago. So it happened before the Jacob Blake shooting and everything kind of went on pause. But there's a lot discussed in there that kind of is related to, you know, the WNBA social justice. Everything. Yeah, but the, the the surrealness of it was that we're in the middle of taping the interview and Young Zion's with us and he had to duck out because news is breaking, you know, uh, just no, going NBA crazy. literally stopped. Yeah, Twitter Twitter was, go, Twitter was going, uh, you know, nuts and uh, Young Zion had to... Uh, <laughs> to follow the news and to, and to tweet in live, in real time, I should say. So, yeah, we're taping. We're trying to follow on Twitter and talk to Austin, have a, you know, a competent conversation with him. Uh, and he's got some stuff popping off in L.A. But, yeah, uh, the, the sports world kind of stopped um, right when we were taping an Austin Eckler interview, which was kind of just crazy to follow oh, it he was do literally do a job at the same time. He was literally in a park talking to us. And I have my TV on. I have Twitter open. Zion bounced. Zion just ducks out of the Zoom meeting. Good, I don't blame him. Do. Yeah. Yeah, no, had, I yeah, don't no, blame no. him. It was crazy. It was a crazy day. And I asked Austin. Actually, I, I asked him. During, I don't remember much from the interview because I was so distracted. But I asked him. I was like, yo, the NBA just stopped. Like, would NFL players do this? And he didn't really have a – you'll hear it. I mean, it was just kind of like a football guy type answer type thing. I've seen a lot of NFL Don't be teams a distraction. Over, yeah, a lot of NFL teams over the weekend, they did the thing where, like, they've all addressed – What's, I don't know. So, well, should we applaud the Baltimore Ravens for their awesome statement? Uh, the Ravens had a very good statement. I saw the Vikings had a pretty a pretty good statement. So I, I do got one thing about the NFL. Like, what's um, up, Zion? It's great. Welcome it's, to the show. It, it, yeah, welcome me to the show. Um, it's great <laughs> that the NFL, you know, is trying to, you know, follow the NBA's footsteps and all <laughs> sports, like by, by trying to take a stand. But listen, I'm gonna be honest. Canceling practice is not doing anything. Like that's. There's no sentiment behind, like, you can recover from canceling a practice. If you really want to show something, you really want to make a statement, then do something week one. That's when I'll I'll be okay the NFL is taking part. So, so you say that, and I get it, and that would definitely send a big message. One, I just don't think the NFL players would do that. Oh, yeah, they wouldn't. I don't – they definitely wouldn't. Two – what the NBA players did was great. It was awesome. They sent such a strong message. I kind of wish they didn't replay the games they boy they like they they striked against because it kind of just they came back and just played the games that they were supposed to. You know. But what what, what were they supposed to do? I don't know. It, it, it maybe it's weird, but I like don't play the games. Go, like skip those games. But but you, it's like a regular season game. It's it's in the middle of the playoffs, pal. <laughs> yeah, it's just Send like a, how you. 
how you gonna what are you gonna do? You can't just skip a playoff game. Send a message. I mean, obviously yeah. you couldn't do that in the Rockets Thunder series because it was tied, so you can't like just skip a game. But I don't know. It was very cool what the NBA players did. What nonsense are you talking about right now? <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking playoffs, pal. Come on. Listen. Jesus Christ, you should have workshopped this idea before you started talking about it on the podcast. He just got mad because I came at the NFL and he had to respond to Exactly, NBA yes. Like I'm not mad that you came at the NFL. I think I think what you're saying is very correct, and you guys will hear from Austin that it's kind of a different outlook, I think. Like NBA players are using their power. But can we talk about how I've never seen so much different reporting from one meeting than the NBA like Twitter re- reporters had. Nobody knew what LeBron did in that meeting. Nobody knew what was going on. There were so many conflicting reports and it was very hard to follow. I, I saw it as soon as like, and I, I texted you, I, I was like, as soon as I saw the first report, <laughs> I was like, the narratives are starting. Like they're just starting <laughs> to create narratives from this. There was no, I don't think we know the real, real story of what happened in that room because there were seven different stories that came out, but they were just trying to create a narrative. I, I wonder how it. close it actually came to them canceling the playoffs altogether. I will say this. Uh, I got a text from an NBA player down there in the bubble. I didn't get any details about what happened. Can, say I the name. Woj, say the name. No, I'm not going to say the name. Okay. But I got a text from an NBA player down there in the Probably bubble and basically said, man, <laughs> that shit was crazy. So, you know, film is not what, exactly what, what shit was crazy, though, the, the, the meeting and what happened on, on, oh, the on meeting, when they were the canceling meeting. the games, everything and that happened in, in the immediacy after the Bucks and Magic ducked out and everyone else decided to postpone games. I'm going to guess that's Austin Rivers. Shout out to Austin. <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not confirming or denying. I just Silence. say an NBA player, it, it, a player in the bubble. It seemed very crazy. Uh, I, I talked to somebody from the NBA who, who was down there and they said it was it definitely insane three days in the in the league. In the association playoffs are back. Uh, we're watching them. You know, uh, I would be remiss. We have to talk about two just absolute tragedies that this just gutting the Chadwick Boseman passing away. That literally, like, I'll say I, four. Lou Olson, um, Cliff. Oh Robinson man, Cl- well. Cliff. Like, yeah. Well, what, no, Lou Olson. Get the name right. The, yeah, there's so yeah, much so tragedy right now. Let's R.I.P. Chadwick Boseman, Lou Olson, Cliff Robinson, and John Thompson. That is just. It, it, the Chadwick Boseman thing really, really, sometimes like a celebrity death just like hits you hard. That one really, really hit me hard because it was so sudden and he was such a great actor as w- in what he does. Adam, I don't, you don't watch a lot of Marvel movies, I don't think, but like, yeah, for, he was great in 42. Like, uh, get I don't watch any James movies Brown. anyway, so I had yeah, to educate Adam's myself that. about, sorry not to talk over you, Chops. I had to educate yeah, myself about, you know, his real impact and um, just, you know, uh, his impressive resume. And Great actor. What he, yeah, and just, and I was, again, because I, I, I don't follow the movie industry and the entertainment world anywhere near I used to. I had to educate myself about his life and his impact, and it was pretty goddamn significant. And the outpouring, I mean, the outpouring of grief and emotion um, was all you need to know about, you know, his impact. And yeah, it hit a little bit harder when he hid this disease from everyone and still, you know, went about his business. But Bro, uh, yeah, he, was damn, was, he was damn impressive and incredibly accomplished for 43 years old. This man had stage four colon cancer and was starring in action movies. That's like incredible. Yeah, like nuts. nobody knew. Like that's like, that was just such a gut punch. Uh, uh, just, just really, 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 really hurt, you know? Yeah, I think uh, uh, Chadwick Boseman definitely beyond acting. Obviously, you guys talked about him as an actor, but like he was really a hero for like the black community. Like mm-hmm. even in that role, I mean, watching Black Panther, even as a Nigerian myself, like even though their accents weren't like up to par the standards, like but <laughs> like the just the impact of the movie and like just seeing like 
a black person in that role being as a star and like the face of the entire movie and you know it was just really um impactful to the black community and even myself so definitely rest in peace to a legend man that movie really 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 was a moment in in, in time the fact that that movie and Nipsey Hussle's Victory Lab dropped on the same day. When I saw someone tweet that the, like the other day, that really blew my mind. But uh, and the fact that Chadwick he passed away on Jackie Robinson Day, and he played Jackie Robinson in Forty Two. Which, if you haven't seen it, you're a sports fan. You should, even if you're not a sports fan, check it out. Very, very good movie. Uh, it's got its you know like its sports cliche moments in it. Obviously, they come with a sports movie, but his performance, Harrison Ford's performance, is very, very good. So recommend it. But yeah, definitely, we're dealing with a lot. 2020 continues to just be fucking a nightmare. Uh, but we appreciate you guys joining us, listening with us. Uh, as we said, Asia Wilson, Austin Eckler this episode. We're about to get to those interviews. But before that, we do have a big announcement. Being a once-a-week podcast, we only have time for so much stuff. So we're going to continue to bring this podcast to you on Tuesdays with our A-list guests, the best interviews, most in-depth stuff that we talk about with everybody. But also, later in the week, we are going to have, starting NFL season for a few weeks, try it out, a second episode, which is all about NFL, NBA picks, and fan calls. So that's going to be dedicated to you guys, fan calls. We want to showcase you guys and kind of uh, have that fan engagement with you. So we're going to be starting that, not this week, but the next week. So we're just giving you something to you know look forward to. Now let's get along to the Asia Wilson interview from the Las Vegas Aces, who... As you'll hear in the interview, we proclaim the WNBA MVP and hopefully do not jinx her. We'll be the WNBA MVP. There we go. All right. We'd like to welcome Asia Wilson, Las Vegas Aces, number one pick a few years ago, leading them in the Wubble right now. If I'm not mistaken, best record in the Wubble? Uh, mm, I think no, we're maybe second, second best. best. Yeah, yeah second but best. you know, lead, leading MVP candidate right now. We can <laughs> we can say that. MVP. Yes. Hey, big shout out to Asia, the big complex uh, fan, and yes. we support her obviously, but she supports us a lot. So we definitely appreciate you. Yes. For everybody listening, Zion has his WNBA hoodie on. Very fashionable. <laughs> I got a rep. Very fashionable. Yes. I got a rep. Rocking yes. the orange hoodie. <laughs> so Asia, we we thank you for joining us. How how is everything going down in? Uh, we just asked you before we were taping where in Florida you guys were, and you weren't exactly sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything's going pretty good. Uh, can't really do much, of course, because that's the whole point of the bubble. But at the end of the day, you know, we're here for something that's bigger than us, and we're getting tested every single day. So I'm pretty sure I'm safer here than I would be out in Vegas. So. It's been pretty chill. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be safe, yeah, safer in the casinos as opposed to the bubble. Yeah, I think just it's probably a, a better look to be just a yeah. little bit. But what's, I mean, in terms of all the stuff we've seen in the NBA bubble, what's life in the wobble like? Like, how have you been comparing it to, to the guys over in Orlando where you guys are in IMG Academy? What's the difference? What are the similarities? Give us the vibe down there. Um, I mean, I feel like both vibes are pretty good. Uh, I think, you know, we saw some of the guys bowling. Uh, we don't really get to bowl, but we do get to go to, like, the beaches and, like, you know, golfing. My teammates went golfing, so it's pretty cool to just have like a lot of different stuff to do. And well, beach it's... access is better than what the NBA yeah, players right. have. I know that's what I'm saying. They have so, lakes like, filled with alligators. Yeah, we, <laughs> we got one up there, that's for sure. But I think we're just all kind of just enjoying it the best way that we can. But we play every other day, so we're just kind of always playing. <laughs> there you go. That's good. So you guys are staying active. Is it? 
what what are you doing to pass the time? Because like if some people we've talked to, like NBA players, like they really just said they're not really doing anything. Like like they had a DJ one night and it got canceled because it was nobody went. So like, how are you like passing the time down there? Because obviously you said you guys were playing every other day, so you're a little more active. Yeah. But like, what are you doing in the room? Like, are you, you gaming? Like, what do you, what, how are you passing? I am time? not a gamer, but I'm honestly <laughs> not doing anything. I'm probably starting to rewatch The Office on Netflix. So I've just been like, always a good choice. Murder. Yeah. Like I'm just watching a lot of different shows because by the end of the day after practice, I'm like, I just want to go in my bed and just like chill and relax because we got a game the next day. So <laughs> I haven't been doing much to nothing too crazy. I started a podcast with uh, Nafisa Collier from Minnesota Links and that's what we do on our off days. So it's really just pretty chill. I will Listen. say, I, I love, real quick, Zion, I love when professional athletes have podcasts because it feels like we all win when you guys win because this yeah. is the podcast <laughs> community. So you're putting on for all podcasters. So if you win MVP, it feels like, you know, one of us, one of us really triumphed in that podcast world. <laughs> Listen, about this podcast, um, you guys spill the tea on the podcast, so I hope you bring yeah. that same energy here today. <laughs> I need that same exact energy. Just don't hold back, you know? See, I don't know, because I got to <laughs> wait for my podcast to spill, spill the tea, but I got you. I'll think about something. Oh, don't do that. We, we need like 50% tea. We need yeah, like how about 50%. some droplets of tea? How about, you know, a little bit, you okay. know, the extra, extra I'm, tea? I mean, you guys, where do you, you started off with, you have KD on the pod. I mean, that's, you guys are setting the bar very high for yourselves. Yeah, it was definitely something that we didn't really expect because our our team really just said, you know, list out names and then we'll go from there. So we're like listing out like Beyonce, like Serena Williams, like we're going all out. I mean, we have to. And then out the gate, we're like, all right, we got KD. And it was just like, dang, like, okay, like you said, the bar is pretty high. And then we got EDD. And then we came out with Dame's episode, like during that time. And we're yes. like, wow, like, this podcast could be pretty cool. And to see us like, you know, the sources, like the Woj bomb <laughs> drop in, it's like WWE. We're like, yes. It feels we're good. Like, we're the source now. <laughs> it, it feels good. What I saw you tweet about Beyonce. Are you, you're willing that into existence. Is that who, who, who's that top tier up there with Beyonce? Who, who like prime guest you really want? Dream guest. Oh, we would have to say either Beyonce or like Michelle Obama. Like those are the two that we're who really trying to like manifest into our podcast. Michelle has a podcast right now. So maybe some right. cross promo there. Maybe, maybe there's an opportunity. <laughs> that would be epic. <laughs> so how do we go about getting KD on our podcast? If you got yeah, him, no right. problem. Can you, can you give we, us, can you give us some tips or putting a good word, please? Can you relax, Adam? <laughs> I'm just <laughs> asking for tips here. Fellow podcasters, we're trying to like, you know, you know, hey, best practices our team, here. Our team is like crazy. We have some great connects. So I wish I could there be like, go. we're the ones, but I don't know. They're all behind us in there. We're just there with the mics and we're just talking. <laughs> there you go. I, speaking of your Twitter, uh, you are very, very, very vocal if someone has a dumb tweet about the WNBA <laughs> and you will dunk on people. There was one really, really dumb one I saw the other day that you, like, I think on Monday where some dude just, and he just was getting just dunked on by uh, just about everybody on Twitter. What I, I love the energy that you bring yeah. to, to, you know, holding up the league and, you know, what you guys are playing for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's something that, you know, it's just, you go about it as a WNBA player, we get, probably the most backlash of anything. So, you know, sometimes you just got to kick people in and just be like, yo, like, this is my job. This is what I do. I'm not going to let you disrespect me. I don't come in your work and start bashing you, so you shouldn't do it to me. And I think the best is, like, it's just 
men that just have no idea what they're talking about and they're just so stupid and I'm like ah now I have to go in I'm trying to be a better person but you just really tried it with this stupid <laughs> tweet so here I go I gotta get the trolls back I mean I have a lot of fun with it uh it's all fun and games I don't really I'm never gonna meet them in real life so it's it's the internet so I don't could care less <laughs> but do you have do you have an ace in the whole clapback or is it just is it all restricted to basically how ignorant and ridiculous the guy's tweets are it definitely is based off of how ignorant the tweets, the tweets are. I mean, I could do like similar, like a little bit. And then sometimes I'm like, all right, now I have to come for your neck. Just dunk like, on them. I mean, just tell yeah, these guys to like fall the fuck games. back and dunk on them. <laughs> for sure. Asia, I did want to talk about um, the season. Obviously, you guys are, are off to a good start. Um, yeah. You don't even have Liz. Uh, you don't yeah. have Kelsey. Um, so, like, for you, is it? Do you kind of look, take the season like obviously the NBA has what they have and people can't really call it an asterisk nowadays. But like since so many players are out like a Liz um, at, at ADD, do, do you kind of think there's an asterisk on the season or how do you like go about that? Yeah, I definitely think that because I think it's just going what's going on around us. I think it's very key. I mean, we have people that sit out because of, you know, social justice and things like that. So I think this is a huge year. I mean, we can, the year hasn't been the best for all of us, but sometimes you got to look on the opposite end and say, okay, how can I make it the best for me? How can I make it for the best of people around me? So I do think it deserves an extra because we're in two pandemics right now. And, and it's very, very hard to be a professional athlete in this world because you're getting hit both sides of it, your health, and at the same time, you're a black athlete. So it's like you're just getting bashed with a lot of different things, but yet you still have to perform at a high level because then that's another bashing that you're going to get. So I think it does deserve it. I think it's been tough. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's been easy on both the physically side and the physical side of it and the mental side of it and the emotional side of it. So it has been tough. But at the end of the day, you know, that's when you got to put your professional athlete hat on and you just got to go on and know that you're built for stuff like this and we're made for it. But you want the asterisk because it's because it's actually harder. Like yes. you want the asterisk on there because not because it's been, you know, just different, but because what the circumstance right now of you guys being down there in the wobble and everything it's going to take to win a championship makes it that much harder. Correct. Correct. And, and, and yeah, like you said, just the circumstances around us is just, it's making it harder. I, I guarantee you, if we were in Vegas mm -hmm. right now, it could be a possibly completely different story. But because we're here in this bubble or wobble, whatever they want to call it, <laughs> it's different. It, it's hard. Like you just, you could beat a team and you got to go and see them in the hotel. And it's like, what is going on? So you guys are running up on each other all the time. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's just like, you're constantly like, what's up? Like, hey, hold the elevator. So it's, right? it's different. It's a different vibe. What, what's, the, what's the best interaction you've had after you've beaten a team in the in the bubble? Have you, have you like? Did you did you have a Donovan uh, Mitchell Jamal Murray? <laughs> yeah, moment? right. That I felt so bad. For I haven't actually had it, but I have had my old South Carolina teammates. We always get so excited to see each other. Then we're like, all right, we gotta play against you. Like back up, back off. Let me go with my team. And we just we get so excited to see each other because we don't really see each other like that a lot. But it's like, dang, like I'm really we about, really about to go square off right now. <laughs> Did you did you consider well first of all so we'll give you guys, the load management podcast is if you guys win the title we are declaring it as two titles that is now official and in the record book so it's two listen, championships. listen complex is team aces we rock yeah, with the aces. we are team aces we, we can't be biased but we can be biased no, we can be biased I'm biased all the time team aces two championships if you guys win that's official uh, <laughs> let let the WNBA know for when they put the record books Thanks. did you consider not playing at all like did that cross your mind. 
with everything oh, yeah. going on? Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, I've talked with my agents, um, my manager, everybody in between, because I just wanted to make sure, you know, if this is going to be a good decision for me. And it was a bunch of things that's going on in my mind, uh, especially during the time where they were still thinking, is there going to be a season? Where's the season going to be? Um, it was just a lot of things going on. And I just didn't want, you know how they say sports is a distraction. I didn't want to feed into that because it's something that is so much bigger than us that's going on right now. And I'm like, do I want to take away that focus? And on the other end, it was like my health. I don't know what I was going to be, how I was going to be as a person, as a player, in my mind, and everything. So it was tough. I was really in between a rock and a hard place. But then that's when we started just dealing with other things. And that's when the league created the Social Justice Council. So I knew, okay, here's a way that I can use my voice, my platform, and still play the game that I love and be there for my teammates. So it was tough. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm here and I'm, I'm making the best of it with my teammates and the people around me. The NBA has the, you know, the notoriety of being the most progressive league. But we can make a case that WMA is even more progressive than what the NBA has done in any of the sports leagues. So, I mean, you guys have been incredibly... There's no case. It It, it is. They, they've been there. I mean, all right. Not yet. Not even make the case. It actually has been more progressive. But, I mean, yeah. you know, the activism you guys have shown down in the wobble and obviously, uh, you know, before the season started, is it even surprising to you, like, how, I guess, the grassroots, uh, you know, aspect of or how everyone's been so involved and just so passionate about, you know, different causes and, and obviously... The, the vote Warnex stuff for the Kelly Loeffler yeah. t-shirts was absolutely incredible and amazing. And, you know, everyone in different teams walking out with that. So, again, question like, uh, you know, we knew that you guys are a progressive bunch. But are you surprised at how, you know, intense and passionate the activism has been outside the Wubble and down now in the Wubble? Yeah, um, I have been surprised, I guess, because I'm one of the youngins. So I've always <laughs> kind of watched the WNBA be the forefront of things like this. But like, I guess it really helps us that we're all underneath one roof and we're all kind of here. We don't have to travel in cities. So we really have time to just focus on, okay, what do we want to, what do we want our focus to be this week? And, you know, before every game, we have a moment of silence for a woman that mm -hmm. either been killed by police brutality or the woman that started the Say Her Name campaign. So we have brilliant minds in the bubble and we really put them together and make things work. And like you said, I think people tend to forget how young the WNBA really is and the mm -hmm. things that they're doing at such a young stage. It's amazing. Like it gets me so excited and geeked to see what the future has to hold because of how we think and, and the mindset and our platforms that we do to put ourselves together. Like, yes, we're elite basketball players, but we're business women and we're all for just different causes and we use our platform. So I'm glad to be a part of a league that's behind it 100 percent. It's super fun to be here. And like you said, just see us start so many things and start conversations. And it's like, all right, cool, y'all are behind us here. Now watch our games. Like, believe in us, <laughs> love us, respect us. And so it's pretty cool to kind of be in, in on this wavelength of how we're doing things. Can we can we get Kelly Lawford just out of here completely? It was very cool to see everybody come together and kind of rally around them because, you know, that – the whole mindset of that group of people is stick to sports unless when they want to talk about sports, you know, and like yeah. keep keep that kind of stuff out of sports. So it was definitely cool to see you guys and everybody. No, the vote Warnock T-shirt was absolutely incredible. Yes. So whoever came with that idea, I don't know who gets credit for that, but walking out with uh, and having different teams where it was, it was absolutely incredible. Yeah. I heard Sue Bird talk about it with Jesus and Merrill recently mm -hmm. and, and just seeing you guys post on social media. Like whoever's idea was that should get a raise or a bonus or just, you know, some sort of special accolade after the season because that was an incredible troll job on your guys' part. Of course. We're the queen of trolls right now. Like, hey, we, keep it up. We love it. We live for it. <laughs> One thing I always – because you said that, as you mentioned, the WNBA is still fairly new in terms of, you know, when you think of overall sports leagues. Yes. When bringing in new fans, do you think there's a struggle of the day ones to kind of say – 
you 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 weren't here with us. Uh, you guys are just jumping on the bandwagon type thing. Do you it, 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 do you ever sense that a little bit? Um, I, don't, I see. I don't know because I think our fans are just so eager to have other people like finally say, "Hey, like I told you, it's like I told you so. Like yeah. I told you you would love it." And I get the question every day, like, "What do you think people would like? What do you want to tell those people that never watched a game?" I'm like, "Just come to one. You and op- like with an open mind. Don't sit there and be like." oh, they can't dump, this is trash. Like, no, and that shouldn't be your mindset going into it. So I think that's the biggest thing. It's kind of like our day one fans being like, hey, told you so, you just had to give it a chance. And I think that's really it. And I hate that it had to take the passing of Kobe for people to be mm-hmm. like, dang, women's sports is pretty good or they actually know what they're doing. And I, and I hate that someone has to pass for someone just to see that. Like, it shouldn't have to take that. And, and you know, Kobe was our biggest advocate, so he was always behind us 100%. And I think he is someone that, you know, people can look at and be like, dang, like, he was behind something that's so much bigger than himself. And, like, I should I should do the same. And I'm not saying just women's basketball, women's sports in general. Mm-hmm. Give it a chance. I mean, I guarantee you, you're going to find something that you love. Yeah, and I think that uh, kind of segues perfectly to what I wanted to get. And obviously, Kobe was a big ambassador for the WNBA. Obviously, you had a relationship with him. Gigi was, uh, you were one of Gigi's favorite players. Do you have any, like, personal Kobe stories that, um, you know, that that just stick in your mind when you just think about uh, his legacy and him? Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, me and Kobe's kicking it. Like, he's cool. (laughs) Like, I probably had maybe a 10-minute long conversation with Kobe, and that's through two meetings uh, with him. But, I mean, it's just... The vibe. I mean, he said that my turn up jumper was nice. So I was like, man, at this point, like, put I'm that good. in your gravestone. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> I was like, I'm good. But like, just the just his energy, just his vibe around him, like, just standing there, you like, man, I gotta work a little harder on this. Like, he just his mentality, like, literally, mama mentality, just feeds off of you, and it's just. And like, also, when we finally met his AAU team, they were in our locker room and just how excited they were really kind of made me realize that, all right, I'm a role model. Like, this is mm-hmm. huge. Because, I mean, I just saw myself as a normal person. <laughs> but when you have those young girls looking up to you and they're like, wow, like, this is your locker. Like, they're just all smiles. Like, that just makes it seem like, all right, I'm the next generation. I got to hold it down. So it was truly special to have those two moments with Kobe. Like, even if it was 10 minutes in hold, like, it was just something special to me. Like, I, I didn't have that relationship I was like, oh, yeah, Kobe's my man. But at the end mm. of the day, like, he had an influence on my life just a matter of five minutes. So he, he he's key. He's definitely a goat and a legend for sure. And, and this is the part, uh, um, the T, the T I was talking about. <laughs> Kobe Kobe said um, there are WNBA players that can compete in the NBA today. So if you had to pick an NBA matchup for you, who do you want smoke with? <laughs> Because I remember Brittany Garner <laughs> called out DeMarcus Cousins. I remember that thing. I remember that whole whole debate. She said she could be DeMarcus Cousins. I need an NBA matchup for you. NBA matchup for me? I honestly don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can spill the tea there. I think I still got to work on my game a little bit more. For don't me be to humble. Say, All right, You're the league MVP. Like, you exactly. Yeah, you should be humble. carving out a space for your trophy already. <laughs> yeah, too humble. Yeah, <laughs> I, I gotta work on my game a little bit more. I don't feel like I, I'm getting there though. Don't don't count me out. But I can't. Oh, I can't put All a right. match up right now. <laughs> I'm saying she could beat Jr. I'm just saying. I'm gonna say <laughs> Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you going up to Jr. like yeah, that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Jr. just popped. Jr. just popped into my head. He, she, she can't. She, she, he can't guard her in the post. So you know, this is no, no. This, this is there's plenty of guys in the NBA that plays that you could absolutely smoke in the post. No problem. This, that, that definitely is the case. 
That that's awesome. You you spoke to being realizing you're a role model. Did yeah. did anything change specifically with you when you realized that was like because because you're still so young. So <laughs> and especially with everything going on, there's so many people looking to you specifically as kind yeah. of being a leader. So what what really changed in you when that happened? Yeah, I would have to say um, just my mindset. Like I knew I needed to be a professional in anything that I do, just the way I went about things. But at the same time, just being myself. I think uh, some people at a young age kind of still are trying to find themselves on their team or in this world. And I think that's kind of when I noticed and it hit me like, wow, like I could just be me. I could just be who I am. I can talk, I can clap back on people on Twitter and still be good at what I do. Like I can still be just an unapologetically black woman. And I think that is something that I take a lot of pride in. And that's kind of what I saw being a role model. Like these young ones are looking up to me just for who I am, not necessarily what I do. That's just like the cherry on top, but for the person that I am. And I just want to continue to be that positive influence on just a lot of young people because they are our future as well. We have no rundown, something about Bill Lambeer's hair. So can you give us a little oh, I wrote know, info? I, I wrote spill the tea. It's Chops wrote it. Yeah. So spill I, the tea I, about was, Bill's awful it's, hair. It's crazy. So it is, it is, it is crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. So Bill, you know, coming in, we were supposed to have like a hairdresser, a barber, everything. And we didn't have it in a timely manner, Bill's timely manner. So he was just like, you know, I might have made a statement. So he just starts just not shaving, not doing anything. So he starts turning into, I don't even know what. So then that's when he comes into practice and he's like, yeah, I'm going to wear a headband. And I'm like, whatever, Bill, like you always talk like, okay. Then game time comes around and he's walking out with a sweatband on. And I'm like, oh, he was for real. And I mean, he has the bangs going on, curl up back. Like he's just looks like Bill Lambert. I'll say that. <laughs> and then he goes from the sweatband to the tie band. And it's just, it's, it's Bill Lambert in the flesh. And I don't understand why a lot of people are like, oh, shave it. And I'm like, you guys are trying to tell. A bad boy pissed in what to do. Good luck with that one. So, yeah, if you, yeah, if you saw the winning. last dance and what he did, I don't think you could ever picture him having some sort of headband or a tie or, you know, <laughs> kind of hair tie, whatever you the hell you want to call in his hair on the sidelines ever. What, right. what, was, what was watching the last dance like and seeing Bill in it? Oh, in, man. It in, was, in his it was glory. Funny. Yeah, like it was funny to me for some reason. Like, I'm like, dang, like that. Because I've never, like I said it, I was said it before. I can't even remember. I was like, I've never seen Bill like run. So like to see him run back on defense, I was like, yo, what the like, like, huh? Or throwing errant elbows cool and just you know being yeah, being, just being an people animal up. on the hey, court. I, I hope he's not telling y'all to you know elbow people when they get in the no. paint. Yeah, does he teach you guys forearm shivers? Because he yeah. was an expert at that back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it was funny when they were talking about when they didn't shake hands because I'm definitely mm-hmm. Bill kind of being like, nah, like we don't need to shake hands. He's never been like that big fan. So people always like, well, how's Bill as a coach? I'm like. He's Bill, the same person you probably saw in Detroit. <laughs> he's pretty much, but he's really, he's a player's coach. Like, he really, like, he's always down for us, and that's the biggest thing. Like, he takes no slack. If they say something, he's like, all right, I want my players to have it. And that's what I love about him. Like, yes, he is different, but he's straightforward, <laughs> blunt in what he has to say, and that's good. <laughs> but different in what way? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, he really doesn't care about, what people have to say. I mean, I think we all do that, like no judgment, like whatever. But Bill is like a person that's like, I don't care. Like you could say whatever, but I'm going to say my piece and that's my follower. I'm not even going, I'm going to hear you out, but I guarantee you I'm not going to change my mind. Like that's Bill. Well, he had that tough guy reputation back in the day. So it's like, you know, if anyone probably, you know, talks shit to him on the court, he was either going to shove him in the face or talk shit right back to him. So I mean, why, how does mentality change, you know, 20, 30 years later? 
doesn't. It, it hasn't. <laughs> was the team group chat like? Did you like? I'm sure you guys all watched the last dance at relatively the same time. Was the team group chat going off because you're like, what? <laughs> like, like, like this is Bill. <laughs> Oh, not our group chat, but we definitely were tweeting throughout it because we're just like, the world needs to know, like, this guy is really our coach. Like, he's really yeah. holding it down. And it, it was pretty cool to actually see him. I wish they would have spoke to him, but at the same time, I wasn't surprised that he was not in it. Uh, but it was pretty I cool mean, can you blame him? Because, I mean, I love, like, we all love MJ and everything, but that was clearly a MJ, MJ Bowl-sided documentary. Yes. Yeah. MJ but it's, we had a Zoom call and he pulls up in his back-to-back gear with his hat and his shirt oh on. God. He's like sitting on the Zoom call. It's like, that's perfect though. I mean, you got a rep. He's still got a rep. That's a good troll job right there, the, I guess. Two yeah. titles yeah. still. You can't take away the two titles in one hey. back then. And that's I can't, I mean, thing. we all saw what Isaiah, what happened to Isaiah for being in the dock. I mean, it, it, it didn't go well, over He didn't do well. himself Sheesh. any favors. So. Did they ask Bill, do you know? Did they ask him or did he just? I have no idea. Yeah. I doubt it. I mean, they did I have their it. own doc on. on the the uh, Bad Boys doc is very doc. good. The 30 for 30 yeah. on the 30 Bad Boys 30, is, yep. is very, very mm-hmm. good. Yeah, they. Uh, that toughness definitely uh, transcends through, definitely. Asia. Sure. You, you, uh, go ahead, Chops. I, I was just going to. We have to ask about the food the first couple oh, of days. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. We have to ask about the food. that you. That was... Can we, let's talk Damn. about it. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I it was, it's gotten it was, better though, right? It's gotten a lot better. I'll okay, there we go. There uh, we go. It's gotten a lot better, and, and you kind of anticipate coming in. I was like, you know, it has to get better than this. But that was our. <laughs> we were just in quarantine, and I just wanted to just think that it was late at night, and everything was kind of put tossed together, and they had to get it out to a certain amount of doors in, in a timely manner. Uh, but it. Mm-mm. I'm. Mm. It's gotten better though. I can't I, say that. It's I remember when better. you um you did DM because I run Complex Sports. So you did. <laughs> yes. You did. You did, did DM uh you DM me uh <laughs> when I posted the <laughs> NBA one. And you said you can't talk. I was like, oh, oh. I was like, okay. I was say- No, go ahead, Asia. It, it, and then we had our, and then uh, that's when our laundry room went viral mm-hmm. and everything. And uh, it, it, they've changed that completely. Like, it, okay. you wouldn't even recognize it. So I think we can't really harp on what was seen as kind of more like, okay, they, they changed it. Like, they made it work. So at the end of the day, we're eating better and we're washing our clothes in a better place. So <laughs> Listen, put really the play. WNBA in Disney too. Just put them at <laughs> Disney too. Let's be fair. Is, <laughs> right. is there something you miss the most? Outside of the bubble? Oh, my puppy. My puppy okay. and my boyfriend and my family. But my puppy <laughs> you, is... Well, you uh, said puppy first. <laughs> priority. That's right. Priorities, yeah. <laughs> I FaceTime my boyfriend. He just turns the camera on my puppy. He's like, here. There we <laughs> so go. I do. I miss my puppy a lot. Like, I don't know. He's just growing up before my eyes. He's an Aussie food. He's an Aussie shepherd and a poodle mix. So he's a cute little thing. That's what I miss the most. And some, other than that, I get pretty much all my food DoorDash, so... Good. <laughs> but what's the first meal going to be outside the wobble? Ooh, I really, I don't know. First championship meal because again, oh well, yeah, that even even sweeter. Yeah. Yes, you know, MGM kind of owns us, so whatever they have in Ooh. mind, I am for it. Like so, I feel like MGM's the top of the top, so you already know. That's true. The best, so you're so. you're talking to two exactly. two people who, me and Adam, who quite enjoy Las Vegas. Vegas, Vegas yeah, well, we, we we've been known to frequent Vegas. I yes. would say they're better. <laughs> the Cosmopolitan, personally, my favorite. Uh, oh, hotel I, for restaurants. I think they have the best okay. scene. And also the yeah. Ari has some really nice restaurants. Um, yeah. So that would be kind of my two choices. But yes, yeah, you can eat sure. incredibly well in Vegas. The problem is it's so goddamn expensive. 
It is, it is. But see, that's what I'm bringing back to MGM. Yeah, like, see, hey, she says she get those free meals. Listen, if you win a championship, you better get free meals all over town, okay? The strip better take care <laughs> of you guys. What's what's it like being a professional team in Las Vegas? Because obviously the Raiders are there now. Yeah. So night, what is, yeah. what are what are they in for once it's normal again? What like because obviously things are still weird with everything going on in the pandemic. Yeah. But what is it like being a professional? And they promote you guys. Last time we were there, there's ace and stuff all over the place. Yeah, it's it's super dope. Like, I honestly, of course, I haven't been playing with any other team in the league. So all yeah. I know is who it is. <laughs> but their standard is just, like, so high. Like, they really treat us like what we're supposed to be treated. Like, like you said, we could be walking on the street with my family. And my dad's looking up on the marquee. And it's, like, mm-hmm. game day. And it's, like, a picture of Kayla or me. And then, like, it's just big how much they, like, really go hard for us. And even, like, the Knights and the Raiders are coming, too. So, like, it's, like... You can tell Vegas has really been waiting on sports, like other than UNLV. Of course, they're like, dang, like this is it. We can go, we can have fun. And you know, Vegas puts on a show. Like our our things, our lights in the gym is just like incredible. Our halftime shows are always bomb, even though I can't watch them. But, like normally <laughs> when I'm warming up, they're practicing. So I'm like, oh, like this circus relay, like this is yes. huge. So it's pretty cool. I'm not even gonna lie. Like I can't even. It's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> have you have you have you noticed when when it was normal? Some of your opponents maybe looking a little sluggish on the court. Maybe uh, uh, enjoy the <laughs> night out before the Vegas flu. No, yeah. No, not at no, all. Oh yeah. The Vegas flu. The the Dennis Rodman. The infamous uh, Vegas flu. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ima- imagine that. Imagine a professional sports player going to Vegas in the middle of a regular season into 2020. That's different. Like that would, <laughs> the world would just stop. Like everything, everybody would just blow up. <laughs> I know, I know Zion wants to get to this one, the South Carolina Hoopers one. We got to talk about the South Carolina Hoopers because they're, they're coming out strong now. They're dominating both WNBA and, and the NBA now. So, you know, why don't people put respect on South Carolina? I think because we're just known to be a football state. Like, stop I can, I can tell you why, us. pal. <laughs> well, why? 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 Because uh, there's a little team up in uh, northeastern Connecticut called UConn, okay, pal? That, oh, that, that, Adam that, went that to racks okay, up. I'm a UConn alum here. I'm a UConn alum here, Adrian. So, yes, I will I will stand hard for the Huskies and Gino and all the UConn Huskies in the WNBA. We are talking players from South Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like Zion's I mean, from South Carolina, Jaws from yeah, South Carolina. Yeah, Zion, Jaws, Asia. I think we just got overshadowed by the football thing, I think. And now now we're starting to get our groove of being that basketball state. The people are like, oh, snap, like they got some hoopers there. But I'm glad we can put um, put on for South Carolina, honestly, in a good way. Uh, our state's kind of going through it a lot right now uh, with a lot of different things. So for us to be a positive light, I think it's a lot of fun to be around. That's are good. You, are y'all are y'all gonna take over New York? Cause like, this is this, this is like New York hasn't been producing guys of late. You know, they're kind of like <laughs> I think they, New I York think it's has been taking over. Yeah, New York <laughs> is the mecca of basketball, but no, it know. used to be. It used to be. Yeah, <laughs> there are so many other cities now. L.A. You can make Chicago. Yeah, L.A. The, LA I mean, even, even some, some yeah, even some Texas yeah, areas. Like I mean, hoopers, New York yeah, ain't what yeah. it used to be. <laughs> Blame the Knicks, but that's another. Yeah, it ain't the Knicks' fault. That's, that's, that's another. That's another um, it ain't the Knicks' fault. As we as we go through the WNBA season, what do you guys think you need to? Is there anything you guys need to focus on on the court, like with how you guys are playing right now? Obviously, like we said, started off very hot, very very good position yeah. right now. But is there anything you guys need to, you know, like get into as you head towards the playoffs and everything? 
Yeah, I mean, for us, I think it's just going to be two things. Uh, mentally tough. Uh, I think that's going to be key later on down the stretch. I mean, we're just now one game past the half the half mark. Mm-hmm. So everyone's trying yeah. to play for seeding. Everyone's trying to play for a lot of things. So I think the toughest team that's mentally going into the games, I think that's what's going to end out on top. And also, you know, we had a lead against, I think, Chicago. Yeah. And we let them come back in. And I think that's going to be that could not be good. Uh, and we ended up losing that game. So I think it's really just the biggest thing for us is closing our games and being mentally tough. And I think those are two important things, especially during these condensed seasons where we don't have time to harp on things that happened two days ago because we have to prep for another game. So I think those two things are going to be key for us. Uh, mentally tough is going to be the biggest thing because when we get to game 21, everyone's going to be tired and everyone's mm-hmm. like, all right, come on, let's get this thing going. And it's like, if you're going to be built for it, this is the time. And then, then after that, after game 22, you got playoffs and series and things like that. So just training your mind and be like, all right, got to take it on. Got to be elite every single night. We're seeing and a lot of we're, go ahead, we're, Chops, go ahead. my bet. We're seeing a lot of upsets in the NBA side with the no fans, I think, playing into that. Yeah. How, how do you think that's going to going to kind of go for you guys? And do you think the no fans thing helps you guys? Like, because we're seeing a lot like a lot of like Gary Trent Jr.'s the TJ Warren's people put up big mm-hmm. numbers with nobody there. Are you seeing that, too, on your guys side? Uh, I think just as a whole, as our whole team, I think, like Zion mentioned, we're missing a lot of key parts and, and mm-hmm. you're having different people like our number one draft pick last year, Jackie Young, mm-hmm. really coming into herself. Uh, she, I mean, she's really starting to see the girl that we drafted. And I know a lot of people probably doubted her uh, last year because she wasn't performing like they should. But, hell, she had me and Liz on the team. It was going to be tough either way. Mm-hmm. So she's having her breakout. So I think you're really starting to see, like, young players really forming to themselves. Is, is it because there's no fans? Could be, but at the end of the day, I think it's just, you know, you got to, people are trying to find their groove and their role. And I do miss our fans. We probably have the best fans in the league. Um, I'm pretty <laughs> sure we do. Uh, and it does suck that they're not there with us. But I mean, I think we're so, for myself, I'm so in tune in the game and I'm like, it could be fans here and I wouldn't still it, no. So it, it is hard. Uh, sometimes you need the extra push. But at the end of the day, you know, you got to find it somewhere, you're creating your own energy. Is not no fans is that going to be more of an issue, I guess, in the playoffs? Because we've seen LeBron, you know, kind of harp on this point like time and time again for the past week about how it's been a struggle without the fans. And obviously, if you build up a record that gives you home court advantage, it's null and void <laughs> in a bubble situation. So, I mean, does not having any fans is that kind of more like down the road later on going to be kind of more, I guess, cognizant of that or you know more of a deciding factor? Oh yeah, for sure. Because like I'm guaranteed, once we get down to just like playoffs and then you're just really have to come out there and create your own energy that is tough it is hard to do and like that's when you rely on your fans to kind of scream and boo and get you just like (laughs) clap just because you got a like they had a turnover like those little things are momentum shifters and so it's gonna be tough not having them but at the same time i think it's pretty cool that the nba has crowd noises i think that is cool for something i hope fingers crossed that we have in playoffs because it just gets you in a mindset like and then for us, it's like they announce our names like, hi, oh, Wilson, and if we're home, and if you're away, it's like, Adrian Wilson. So, like, that's how I know. They're trying I'm to like, make oh. you feel, feel at home. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, oh, you're the away team. So, Do you feel <laughs> yeah. momentum shift? Because, like, when you're watching a basketball game and, and you, can, you see a momentum shift and a timeout comes immediately, but when I've been watching, it seems like coaches are, like, n- not calling timeouts maybe when they would have normally in a game. Do, do, do you feel that? Yeah, I do. I do, for sure. Uh, I think just even yesterday, I think Bill called the timeout when they were going on a run, and I was like, ooh, this seems different. Like, I don't – like, I think coaches are really starting to just say, you know, play it out, see how it is. And 
uh, I do definitely see kind of like the basketball is a game of runs, okay. Yeah. But then, yeah, you do kind of see the momentum shift when things are timeouts aren't being called and things like that. But we still have our media timeouts. They're long, and I'm so thankful <laughs> for them because I'm like, ah, this quarantine is kicking my butt. But, right. but it is pretty nice. Yeah, because it's like normally like if you're the road team and the crowd's going crazy, like four points in a row might come like a big three might call come to a timeout. But you're not really seeing that as much now, right? You know, for sure. Yeah, it's a hey, people be amazed how much fans in a crowd really plays in in a game basketball or a game period. Are you guys seeing the refs uh, ref differently as well? Like because they can hear everything oh. right now. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I actually thought you meant, like, do we see the refs? I was like, yeah, they're kicking it out. No, I meant, I meant, like, do you see the refs refing differently oh, these games oh. right now? Yes and no. Like, I, I would have thought we would have gotten – I thought I would have been got a couple texts by now the way I'm, like, hollering and screaming. <laughs> but I think they're kind of understanding that they can now hear our true thoughts and what we <laughs> honestly say. So they kind of cut us a break. But then when it comes to blowing that whistle, they don't cut nobody break. They're letting it fly. And I mean, hey, do your job. Hey, I'm good. Have at it. Hey, you get your calls for the most part. For, for. Yeah, Zion was really tweeting have. about the Zion. What were you tweeting about the, the other day? Did nah, I, I was tweeting uh, a Liberty fan. Uh, she actually worked, used to work at Complex. She was tweeting um, that Asia gets a lot of superstar calls. And I said, well, she's a superstar, so she's, <laughs> she's going to get those calls. Oh, man. Hey, if they think that, then hey, okay. I might have made it, guys. Fingers crossed. Listen, hey. if, you don't, if you haven't carved out a space for your MVP trio for you already, you need to get on top of that right now because <laughs> it's basically it's signed, sealed, and delivered at this point. Y'all don't better don't, don't exist right now, though. It's called confidence. It's called confidence. Okay, no sense. Sorry. What do you feel about the talent coming into the WNBA? Do you feel like it's ever been, obviously, Sabrina this year, yourself, just coming in, a lot, yeah. of, lot of young, fresh talent. What, how do you yeah. feel about that and, and what it's going to do for the game? I think it's always going to be good. I think people really don't understand that it's only 12 teams and 12 on a roster, so it's 144 yeah. of us. Like We don't have a G League. We don't have it's either this or go overseas. And mm-hmm. so that's how elite our league is. Like they're really, and it's a business. I get it. And it's cutthroat. And it's a bunch of women that probably deserve to be in our league, but just, mm-hmm. it's just can't because we just don't have the space. So you already know with the talent coming in, they're going to be the best of their best. And I feel so sorry for this young talent coming in because the world revolves around social media and all eyes are constantly on them. And always, I mean, I thought I had that, but I honestly didn't come in. I was like, Ooh, Good thing this was not popping when I was coming in. Who knows what have been going on? So yeah, you know they're going to have to be the best of the best, and they're going to have that standard that they have to uphold all the time, and it's tough. But you know you're made for it. If you made it this far, you wouldn't be like Bill would always say. They weren't good, they wouldn't be in this league, and that's true. Like you really got to be elite to be in this league. So we can never step, uh, never like kind of lay down on our young generation coming up or the new talent coming in because they're going to be the best. Yeah, and I think Sabrina being in New York, I think definitely plays into to that in that social yeah. media focus, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Like it's gonna be, it's all eyes. It, it literally is, and I just like I really feel for her and everyone in this draft class coming in because I'm yeah. like, it's tough. Like all eyes are literally on you, no matter what, and you mm-hmm. still have to be that loving, politically correct person. <laughs> uh, we have a segment before we get you out of here called "One Gotta yeah. Go" that Zion wrote. Zion, you want you want to play yeah. with this? Oh, let me. I had to, you know, draft these a little together. Um, first one, or I know your favorite song is "Nuck If You Buck." Okay. So, I know you probably won't pick that one out, but "Swag Surfing," "Dreams and Nightmares," 
knock a few bucks. One gotta go. Oh my goodness. Um, I would have to say swag surfing. Really? Oh. Because, I mean, you get tired after a couple of rocks. You're like, ah, the dreams and nightmares. You're like in the club, like jumping, always yelling the lyrics. So I have to say something. I mean, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> I might kick Nuck if you buck. I, don't I, got, wow. I, got, I got one. I got one. Megan, Nikki, Cardi B. One got to go. Oh, my gosh. Why would you do that? That's, that's a tough one. We do this. We do this for everybody. We do. We do do it for everybody. Oh my god! I don't know. Like I grew up a Nicki Minaj fan. Yeah. Cardi B is like really about her stuff, and Megan's like up and coming. Oh my gosh! I, I can't do that. Like I literally can't. Can I say me? I have to go. Like I, <laughs> you gotta go. I gotta go. That's me. Um, Sorry, we gotta I, do the most I, popular I, one. We gotta do the most popular one. Oh yeah, yeah. We can get. Let, let we, me get to the WNBA one okay. first. Now this is for the WNBA goat list: Tarasi, Lisa Leslie, Cheryl Swoops. Oh my goodness! We don't make it easy. Why we ask the hard hitting questions here on load management. Oh, I gotta go. Like no, 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 I gotta pick one in a row. You can't. Oh, yeah, you can't back out right. of two questions. You gotta. You gotta answer this one. You, you either pick the Cardi B one or this. Or this. <laughs> Which one's the less problematic yeah. answer for you? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna have to go, but I can't. I can't. I gotta go on the WNBA list. I had to say Cardi has to go. I'm so okay. sorry. Okay. She's right. like coming off the bench. She's right. like the next she, one. The six man. The six man. <laughs> yeah. And then this is the one that always gets everybody in trouble. This is the one that kind of birthed this series for us. Drake, J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, one gotta go. See, those are completely different vibes. Oh, that oh, we do. That's exactly that's exactly yeah. what Zion said. That's like us. Yes, Zion said the same thing, yes. Complete oh, I gotta go Kendrick. Oh, oh yeah, that's it. That's common. I mean that's ninety eight percent of the people pick Kendrick for some Oh, that hurts my heart though, but yeah, I gotta go. Dang. The yeah. correct answer is J. Cole, but uh, oh. um, this is I'm a Kendrick stand. So Young Zion's you know. right. Okay. The correct answer is J. Cole. I don't think to each their I own. I mean, J. Cole's not even a rapper now. He's about to be in the NBA. So. <laughs> we'll see. Get that contract. Hey, go yeah, for it. Right. Uh, Asia Wilson, thank you so much for joining us. It was of course. A, it was a blast. We the wish legend. you so much luck. The legend. You were. We <laughs> love you at Complex Sports. We're a big fan of yours. So thank you so much. <laughs> thank you guys so much this is a lot of fun thanks for rolling through appreciate it thank you huge shout out to asia wilson who we believe will be the WNBA mvp this year there's no such thing as curses good luck to her the rest of the season no, we get insightful. people paid on this podcast so we if, get we're gonna anoint, if we're gonna anoint you something you're gonna either get paid or win that award asia wilson will be the WNBA mvp mark it down take it to your bookie <laughs> take it to the casino lock it in get paid Ace is winning it all. That's that's our declaration. So I'm glad that Zion got to talk to one of his best friends in the in the sporting world. So, yo, Asia's the goat. Did Asia see you that WNBA hoodie you were sporting on the podcast a few weeks no. ago? Where'd you get that hoodie no. from, pal? I got connects. Oh, yeah. do you really? Very well sources? connected, man. Zion gets connects. the Zion gets the WNBA hoodies. Adam gets some shoes that no one's ever gonna wear. <laughs> <laughs> I got a nice pair from Puma recently. Puma sent me yeah, a nice pair. So I saw the Puma. picture. I, we, you're lucky we didn't roast you for that. Oh, I didn't, I Those didn't are better that. than the other I, shoes, though. Those are much better than the other ones. Are they the J. Coles? No. No, not the J. Coles. Oh, no, no, no. Then you get roasted. Uh, <laughs> all right. So now let's get to our Austin Eckler interview, who just me and Adam talked to because, as we said to open this podcast, 
Zion had to bail because all hell broke loose in the NBA. And uh, yeah, so uh, fun conversation with Austin. Let's get to it. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, let's welcome Austin Eckler, Los Angeles Chargers to the Load Management Podcast. I almost just said San Diego. I am I'm sorry. Oh, I still I still out. do that. <laughs> I, I still do that sometimes. Uh but Austin, welcome. Thank you. You are in a park right now, somewhere near the facility, we understand. Yes, yes. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm decided not to do it in my uh car. I didn't wanna I didn't think that'd be proper. So but, came quick, out quick, quick question here. Quick question. Do you have cameras, HBO cameras following you right now? Are we going to be on Hard Knocks? I, I do not have any HBO oh, cameras come on. that I know of. You want of. to make a Hard Knocks appearance. Come that, on, help the podcast. That product. I know of. <laughs> what is, what's the worst part about being on HBO Hard Knocks? The worst part? I would say you think about what you say a lot more um, and just having to – to really be careful when you're talking just because it might be on hard knocks. You're not exactly sure. So everything's reviewed. So um, that's fine. But it, again, coach Lynn is the last approval. So if you say something and they're like, Oh, it's a little controversial coach Lynn hears it and he doesn't like, it, and then that's kind of like the worst thing I guess that could come from it. Other than that, it's not really anything crazy. So this, that blows my mind when I found out about that, cause I'm a Browns fan and they were on hard knocks two years ago. And there was all kinds of drama that they let into the damn thing. Right. Like, like Hugh Jackson must have just been like, I don't care. Just put it all in there. There was coaches fighting everything. I feel like it depends on the head coach. And uh, head coach doesn't really tolerate any drama on the team. Everything's got to be, you know, situate. the situation has to be decelerated right then and there. Get rid of it and uh, figure out what's going on and move forward. So if you're, you're, if you're pissed at your position coach or uh, Coach Lynn, you got to muffle this and, like, cover your mouth when you're, when you're, <laughs> exactly, when you're dropping some exactly. bars. <laughs> yeah. That's, what's, what's, that, what's that been like, just having the cameras around and then everything going on with COVID? Because obviously we're getting a, a straight-up just a look at how different training camp is through you guys, you know? Right, right. As far as the cameras being around, um, they go through the same protocols we do. And I don't mind the cameras. I'm a content guy myself. I love to capture content, create content. So I love them being around, um, you know, as long as they're able to follow the protocols, you know, everyone's testing negative and, you know, everyone's going through the protocol. Yeah, it's been great. It's been great as far as everything's going smooth. No one's tested positive. Everyone's been staying healthy. They kind of, you know, mingle in with us when they have someone mic'd up. You, you can tell who's mic'd up because they'll have the big boon, you know, and they'll be following them around with the boon. Um, but for the most part, it's pretty discreet. They, they uh, stay on the outskirts. In general, overall, with you guys, 
was it welcomed having hard knocks in? I'm talking about your teammates. I mean, coach is a little bit different because I know they get a little paranoid here and there, but obviously the team let them in. And overall, were you guys really welcoming or was there some apprehension of having them tell you guys and record basically everything you do for a month? Right. I didn't, I didn't hear any just – I guess I didn't hear anything about the team not wanting it. I heard, um, you know, people. some people don't want to be mic'd up and things like that. That's 100% fine. Um, but it wasn't necessarily like we don't want them around um, – you know, Coach Lynn kind of addressed it at the beginning of the of the start of fall camp. He's like, hey, you're not even going to notice that they're around. Um, so, you know, we deal with them. If you don't want to be mic'd up, you know, that's your option. You have basically the right to let them, you know, get get your content or not. So that's pretty very, easy. That's very interesting. I think – how do you guys feel splitting it with the Rams, though? Obviously, you guys are both the two teams in L.A. People right. say that football is not big in L.A. to start with anyways. So it's like, how do you feel being split with the Rams for this? Uh, I've been, I've watched. I think there's been what three episodes now. I've watched them all. Yeah. Um, for me, I think it's interesting to see kind of how similar you know our camps are and how the feelings of the teams are. Um, I I don't know. I think it's interesting just to see like from a player's point of view, like how a, another team's camp is going. Um, I know it's not capturing everything. I know there's probably a lot of things behind the scene that aren't captured just like on our side. Um, but as far as when I hear like the guys talking, the older guys and talk about how they're ready to put on the pads and can't wait, you know, it's the same kind of uh, atmosphere on our end too. And so I, I think it's interesting. I don't mind it. I've never been on hard knock, so I'm not going to say that it's bad or good. You know, I just think it's a great opportunity for both of us. Did you guys uh, bust uh, Coach Lynn a little bit up because uh, Sean McVay has a crazy house and like not to say someone's house is better than someone's house, but Sean McVay's house. But 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 you are though. But, but you are saying that what's that? Sean McVay's house is better. Sean McVay's house was like 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 different different. Uh, I don't know, man. That's that's uh. You better be on a good terms with uh, Coach Lynn if you're gonna, you know, talk about another man's house. <laughs> well, that's what we're seeing in in this in this in this season because it's two teams. You're seeing like everything. You know, you're seeing like comparisons between everything. So it, it's very interesting. Um, you mentioned earlier content creator. I know you're very big on Twitch. You have your right. own gaming company and everything. So what what drew you to Twitch? Because it's obviously something that's getting bigger and bigger as we go you know, through the ninjas and everybody in the gaming. So what kind of drew you to, to picking that out as your preferred content space? Uh, for me, like you said, I, I do enjoy making content. And for me, the enjoyment comes from the, intera- uh, the interaction between, you know, the viewers or people that are watching it. And so I tried YouTube. I've tried like uh, just Instagram, stuff like that. But it didn't really give me the full like interaction between the people that are watching. So, I mean, the best way to do that was to go live. And I'd always watch Twitch just for video games and stuff like that that I used to play. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to start, I'm going to start my own channel. And so I love Twitch just because it lets me in live time talk to people that are in the chat. You can literally ask me a question, jump on there. And I try to make it as interactive as I can as far as doing giveaways, playing games with the people and the viewers. And so that's kind of like my way to give back in a time where COVID is pretty much shut down. Any meet and greets, any charity events, any social, basically any outing uh, that I could have been involved with, you know, seeing people. And so it's kind of picked up the slack as far as that uh, part of my life, which, you know, I felt like it was lacking. And that's usually during the offseason, that's what you're doing. So it's been great. I've been loving it. What, what games are you playing on there the most? What, uh, what, do, you, what do you get into? Um, so honestly, I, I don't have like a 
like a preferred game. Like I'll play Call of Duty. Uh, I play this thing called Jackbox games, just more like a board game type of thing. And so you can allow like multiple people to play from the chat. And I'll play honestly whatever chat wants to play. There's like this new game called Fall Guys that's everyone's like Fall been raving Guys about. The, Fall Guys is the big one right now. I try <laughs> yeah. to play it. I tried to play it and I was absolutely awful and I had to give up. I had right? to give up. Right? You know, the my was uh, playing the other night and my chat's like, it's it's crazy how bad you are at a, a nine-year-old game. You know, like a game for nine-year-olds. I'm like, hey, you try it. It was actually hard. Right? It's uh, That's very interesting. Are you playing Madden at all? Do you get into Madden? I, ne I never really got into Madden. Uh, I don't know. I, just, I feel like it was just really repetitive. And so I didn't really get into it too much. That, that, is a big, that is a big complaint, but what, what's your Madden? Do you look at the Madden rankings? Is that a thing? That I you looked look at, at it this year just because there was a big craze about like how my strength wasn't that great. And so it, was, it kept getting pushed to me. And so then I was like, okay, let me see what the heck's going on. And the, the real reason that I actually brought it up and like made a bigger deal is because it's a funny story. My friend that I went to high school with, we graduated together. He's the long snapper for the, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Okay. And he, his Madden rating, this is not a joke. His Madden rating is 24, right? <laughs> He's a long snapper. They, they categorize him as like a tight end, but his Madden <laughs> rating is 24 and his strength rating was 69 and my <laughs> rating was 70. And I'm like, how in the heck am I ever going to be compared to a guy who's ranked 24 and he has one less, whatever attribute and strength than I do. And so that's why I was like, it was kind of funny. So I kind of made a little, uh, a little scuffle about it. And they, uh, I think they ended up changing it for me. But um, nah. There you go. So that means you have power. Yeah, there we go. Hey, um, I guess in the Madden world. I mean, shoot, I should. I mean, I'm in the game, right? I should have some say at least. <laughs> I mean, Chargers. I remember Keenan Allen is usually pretty vocal about that too. Oh yeah, like absolutely, Keenan, absolutely. Keenan, and and he got a little disrespected, I might say, uh, with his rating, a little a little lower than probably he wanted, you know. I, well, I feel like some uh, popularity comes into it, you know, at, at some point, and so like I feel like just the the Chargers atmosphere, like we have very loyal fans, but we don't have a bunch of loyal fans, you know. It's very limited, so I feel like there's not as much as you know craze about the Chargers when you you talk about us. So maybe he doesn't get as uh, as much love when it comes to Madden. I was about to say, what is that like? Because people always say the Chargers don't have fans. Obviously, you guys have fans, but what it's like? What is it like for you guys when you, especially with the move to LA? Like, do you do you did you see it drop off in loyal supporters, or is it kind of like picking back up in LA now? Right. So I came. The transition year was my first year, so mm -hmm. I was I wasn't yeah. ever in San Diego. Um, However, I've talked to, you know, some of the older guys and they said they did have more fans down there, which makes sense because, you know, they've been down there for so long uh, mm -hmm. compared to coming up here. Uh, like you said, we still do have fans. I still love our fans. That's why I started my Twitch channel. <laughs> and it's just not that many, you know, and so that's what that's on our backs, basically, in the organization to grow ourselves and make a presence in this area as far as charity, as far as winning games, as far as being excited on the football field. I mean, it's tough when you guys are playing in a soccer stadium and it's getting, you know, ransacked by opposing fans. It's not exactly conducive to a winning football game. So, I mean, hopefully when you go to yeah. SoFi Stadium, it'll be a different story. But, I mean, speaking of which, we saw the Rams do a walkthrough. Have you guys been in the new stadium yet? I personally, I have, yes. I did a, a basically a personal tour um, a, a while back now before the field was even on. Uh the turf was even laid. And so when I was there, it was still unbelievable. They had the, the jumbotron up, the big ribbon screen. 
And it just it just felt surreal compared to what we've been playing in. It's like, wow, we finally actually, you know, arrived. We finally are playing in an actual, you know, NFL stadium is what it felt like. It's going to be uh, nice I described it, I even just, Oh, absolutely. I described it as one of the best creations of mankind just in, in history just because <laughs> that, it is. You have to go to this thing. The engineering is insane in this thing. Just what they have to do um, for, like, the earthquakes, for, like, the height restriction because of the – uh, you know, the airport around there, just the, just the how modernized it is. And then just plays, you know, perfectly right in uh, this big bowl. It, you know, one of the favorite parts for me is that when you park your car and you walk in, you're already on like the eighth floor because it goes 100 feet down into the ground. And so you have to walk wow. down to your seats, which I thought that was pretty sick because you look at it, it's still tall, but it's not as tall as it seems once you go inside of it. It just amplifies everything because it like goes down below you. So it's pretty sick. And then the irony of it is that you guys finally get this home field advantage, at least in theory, in L.A., but you're not going to need fans in the stands for maybe the entire season right now. That's that's what it's looking like right now. And so, <laughs> you know, I feel like it's going to be like that for, you know, most of the teams across the board. And so we're just going to have to end up dealing with it. You know, I'm just, as a player, excited just to be on the field and being able to, you know, be around my teammates and actually play the game as of right now. Is, but, yeah, yeah, is, I've seen – I've seen some coaches complain that it's unfair that, like, say the Cowboys might have fans. Do you think that's unfair that some teams might have fans? I Even guess I've like actually 10, never. Pe- right, I've never thought about that. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't really think it would. Just <laughs> like, because... a thirteen thousand fans going to make that big of a difference compared yeah, to like sixty right? or seventy thousand? Like, yeah. I mean, like Sean McDermott yeah. with the Bills was the one complaining. You yeah, saw his quotes. Yeah. Bills coach. But like, if the Dolphins have ten thousand fans in Hard Rock Stadium, how the hell is it going to make a massive difference compared right. to like what it would be right. normally? Honestly, I like going into away <laughs> stadiums and hearing everyone boo. So, I mean, <laughs> that's what gives me juice when you go into a away stadium and everyone's just booing. I'm just like, yeah, you know, just like turns me on as far as like my mindset to go into the game. But uh, I don't I don't really see that it would make or create some disadvantage or advantage. I mean, you got to play through crowd noise regardless. You know, you're used to it. So have you guys been practicing? Because it sounds like there's going to be artificial noise. Have you guys been practicing with that at all like in, in any of your training camp at all i saw a report on that but we haven't implemented it at practice or anything so i don't know how true that's going to stand um we're actually going up to sofi tomorrow for a scrimmage so i'm sure if we are going to be doing it that's when they would probably you know implement that so definitely uh, find out tomorrow everybody's making falcons jokes because you know the falcons got in trouble a few years back for pumping crowd noise into the stadium and now it's gonna be, now everybody gets to <laughs> now everybody gets noise. to yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Austin obviously you're the guy now for the Chargers you are the running back fantasy football darling I think we can call you that you're going for like top five Adam my co-host Adam doesn't play fantasy football I play fantasy football you're going top five I gamble instead I gamble yeah there we go so what what's the mindset for you post Melvin Gordon era you know the Austin Eckler era era of the chargers as far as just playing or what it just just you know you're the guy now you know like are you you know sticking your chest out a little bit more it's like you're running back number one <laughs> i think and I you got paid and you got paid yes, so congratulations yes, on that. hey i appreciate that thank you thank you thank you but um the mindset for me stays the same man and it's been it's been the same since i was a uh, rookie you know just trying to even make the team i would say that was probably the, the most 
you know, locked in and focused that I was, was my rookie year just because I literally dropped everything. I dropped school. I dropped everything to focus just on football. And so I tried to carry that mindset throughout my, you know, past years after I've made the team too. But the mindset that year was, you know, this is what matters most right now to me. And I'm going to put everything into this. And I just had to act like and just play like, hey, I belong here. And I'm going to put everything out there. And so it's been – and that got me onto the team. And now it's been, okay, how can I progress and, you know, increase that, increase my efficiency, increase my role with the team. And I've done that all the way to the point where now I'm the starter. And so now it becomes even more, okay, how can I even push it even higher? Maybe I can push into that Pro Bowl. You know, maybe I can push, you know, my teammates around me, things like that. Uh, where before it was just kind of I was trying to find my way and find my role. And now I feel like my role is pretty, you know, sunk in as far as being the running back and, you know, getting out in the slot and everything like that. Uh, basically being all over the field. And so the mindset stays the same. Even last year, it was the same mindset. You know, Melvin was holding out. So I was I was the guy in camp, but it, it didn't feel like I was the guy. I always felt the same way because I felt like I was always the starter regardless if I was a starter on paper or not. Maybe it was, you know, starting on special teams and then starting in the actual game on offense. And so it's the same mindset this year, and I'm trying to engrave it into these these younger guys too. Uh, so I feel like I have more leadership role in my room just because now it's crazy. I've been here only three years, and going into my fourth, I'm already the oldest guy in the room. And so now I, I find myself in a spot where I'm trying to, hey, you guys, like I need you guys to be well because – I, I'm not changing. My body's still 5'8", you know, 200 pounds. Like, I, I can't carry the entire workload of a whole NFL season. So I need you guys to get on board, and I need you guys to do well, you know. And so that's where I've seen my role change the most this year. What, and then running back position, obviously, some would say it's been devalued over the years um, just in terms of how teams look to pay guys and, and, and look to how long they keep guys. What, what are your thoughts on that, on the position of running back and kind of how – Guys like you who are hybrids, you know, like you said, you'll go in the slot, you'll play maybe third wide receiver type thing, have kind of changed the game. Um, I would say situation. I look at C-Mac, you know, Chris McCaffrey, and he just got a pretty good payday, you know, yeah, but I feel yeah. like he's he's also that hybrid. He's going to catch, yeah, 1,000, 1,000, you know. He's going to catch mm -hmm. the ball. He's also going to run the ball. And so I think that's the, the main example is if, hey, if you produce like that, and at that level, you know, you, you'll get paid what you're worth. But uh, if you're just a running, like a runner, I feel like you do get devalued just because I feel like uh, they, they see the risk in that and they think you're going to get hurt more. Um, even just the running back spot in general is, I wouldn't say devalued, but just comes at a lower cost just because I feel like you do play more people that position to keep those guys healthier. Uh, you know, you think about a receiver, you know, Keenan, you know, that he doesn't switch out with anybody, you know. For instance, like he, if we have a receiver on the field, Keenan's going to be out there. He's going to be doing. He might need. He might get tired and he need to blow. Um, but that, like a running back, it's like okay, you don't want to beat your guys into the ground because they are carrying the rock, which you know has a toll on your body, especially you know when you're my size. Like that, it hurts. Like football hurts. <laughs> you know, people don't don't really talk about that part, but uh, the stuff hurts. And so for them to take care of us, they know we're not going to be able to go out there and do a workload. And if you are like Chris McCaffrey's, like a different different beast. This man, I remember seeing some article about him. He didn't want to come off the field. He want to stay yeah. on the field for the every single down, and so if you got a guy like that, you're definitely gonna get paid. But yeah, that, there is some, uh, you know, I feel like some type of devalued of the running back spot when it comes to pay, as far as how much you're efficient and how much you actually play. 
You bring up the analogy, or I guess the yeah. I guess the cliche analogy is that uh, you know uh, it's you know getting getting destroyed as a running back. Like you know you're going through all these you know thousands of car crashes every single week. But give us an idea of like how your body feels on a Monday after you know a Sunday of carrying the ball twenty times or you know having the touch and having twenty touches. What do you feel like when you wake up Monday morning? So when I think of that, what you just said, I think of last year. It was I think the fourth game of the year. We were playing. Uh, Miami and this was the game before Melbourne was about to come back so I had pretty much been carrying the workload uh, for the running back squad just waiting for this man to come back and give me some hope because uh, our other running backs had gotten hurt too so it was just me and one other running back and after that game even before the game even ended I remember in the third quarter I had I ran a shallow got like 15 yards and I like got pushed out of bounds and I <laughs> fell down and I got up to a knee and I was just, yeah, I looked over the sideline. I said, you got to put somebody else in because my legs are so shot right now. And <laughs> just after the game, I remember just like slowly walking to the middle, you know, shake, shake hands and say what's up to everybody. And then like after the game, I just go and sit in my locker. I'm just like, oh, like I need some help. Like this, this is not okay. Like I'm not going to be able to last like this just because I, for those first four weeks in camp, I just had so much workload than I was used to. And then come Monday, like Monday's our big squat day and I love lifting. Uh, it's one of my other passions and like I, I couldn't even lift like I just need my legs just to have a rest and so if you like it's different for everybody but for me specifically I need to have some type of balance between my workload and, and how many times I'm touching the ball mm. and because after the game the day after the game especially when you're my size uh like those guys are some of the guys 100 pounds more than me you know a lot of those guys are so when they hit you i feel that you know i feel it yeah and they're strong Your fantasy and fast. football owners so, do not want to hear this austin they do not want to hear this hey no they don't want to hear hey but i still hey i still produce that's the, that's the most important thing that yeah is my true. volume i'm not gonna let them i'm not gonna let them put me into the ground but i'm gonna keep my volume up so i can stay efficient yeah because i'm trying to get myself Absolutely. on my fantasy football team there we go <laughs> gotta produce uh, <laughs> Obviously, the other big change for the Chargers is no Phillip Rivers. He's gone to Rod Taylor and Justin Herbert, rookie in. What has that been like not to have Phillip there? Oh, it's definitely been different. There's been times where we're like, dang, we miss Phillip for like this situation because he used to do this, you know, he used to talk so much trash about this <laughs> and he would just fire us up right here. And so there's been instances because, I mean, I've been with him for the last three years and, you know, a lot of people have. Um, as far as, you know, been on the team with Phillip just because he's been there longer than even any of the coaches, you know. The only people yeah. that have been there longer than him is the owners. Yeah. Um, it's crazy to think. So just growing with him and being in his presence with him as the quarterback just made it so much easier for me as a younger player. Um, so now I've gotten a little bit older, kind of mm -hmm. see the similarities in all the offenses. So now I kind of get and I'm able to adapt and know how to be a pro. And so it's more so these young guys that I feel for, you know, it's just harder for them when they don't have a quarterback who's maybe not as in control when they have like Justin out there or even Tyrod, who's still learning the system as well. Um, but yeah, we definitely miss Phillip and I know I hope the best for him uh, just because he is my guy and helped me uh, get through my first three years. It's very weird to see him. We're currently doing our quarterback rankings and it's weird when I go online and like look at a picture of Phillip Rivers and he's in a Colts uniform. I know. I know. It looks strange. <laughs> it, looks, it looks so strange. It's like, wait a minute. That guy used to be my quarterback. Now he's their quarterback. Wait, what? <laughs> How does Herbert look to you? Obviously, whenever you draft a quarterback first round that high it's going to be a big talking point. So how, how's Justin right. Herbert looking? He's looking good, man. He's he's making some good throws. It just comes down to him learning the system and being able to make the adjustments now. Um, I feel like he's been making you know, 
some pretty good decisions and then being able to execute those two. And he's also, you know, obviously learning from Tyrod, just watching him out there play and how he runs the offense and how he's making adjustments. That's what it really comes down to because if, you just have to be able to diagnose the defense and put your team in the right spot. And being able to do that is so hard. Um, that's why you see a lot of, you know, quarterbacks that have ability come in and they just can't get it done because they don't get the mental part, which is the biggest part of being a quarterback. That's why they get paid so much. They have to organize every <laughs> single thing from the protection to the run game, to the pass game, to the checks out of it, into it, you know, play game management. And so it's just, it's going to take a lot, a lot of time. I would just say, I feel like, he definitely has uh, some good potential that he's been showing just with some of the throws that he's been making and just some of the consistency that he's shown through that. Um, so I'm excited to see him, you know, develop, you know, over the few years. Hopefully I'm still out here with him and then, uh, you know, we can be backfield buddies. There we go. Are you guys feeling a little disrespected in the AFC West? Obviously everybody talks about the Chiefs. They won the Super Bowl. They're going to get talked about. Yeah. Raiders get, get talked about there in Vegas, New City. People seem high on Drew Locke. So are you guys feeling a little a little shade right now? I mean, I wouldn't say we feel disrespected. Um, well, maybe we do, but maybe we deserve it, in my opinion, because we went 5-11 and 11 last year, and so we didn't really prove. And we had zero division wins, so I feel like we're at the bottom of the barrel right now. So, I mean, I'm not, we're not hiding from it. Like, we sucked last year, and so we have to turn it around. So if you say we sucked last year, I'm going to tell you, yeah, we did. We straight up sucked last year. So, you know, we have a lot to turn around and we're working on it right now. And I'm excited to, uh, I'm excited to see this offense because uh, we got a lot of new things and with our, with our new quarterback styles. So it'll be fun. Definitely. Definitely. Before we get you out of here, uh, my young co-host Zion, he left the He left the stream, but he thinks that the NFL is faking all of these non-positive COVID tests. And he doesn't believe it's possible that there's zero positive tests. And I tell him, that's literally not something you can fake. Can you just confirm to us that there's no way they could be faking these? If we had one positive test, I would not be in the building. Like, it's yeah. just because we're around each other so much. We have these trackers that track where we are. And if anyone tests positive, anybody that was around that person also has to go home. They have to quarantine until they can have these other tests that are tests negative, 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 three in a row, I think it is. And so that we would immediately know if there was somebody that was positive. And we have had false positives. And so we've, we've actually mm -hmm. had situations where our entire training staff was gone. And really? be, because there was a false positive, right? Mm -hmm. And so the people, like I said, that were in contact with that person for 15 minutes, we had these trackers, they all have to go get tested, every single one of them. It doesn't matter who or what you do. Um, so there was one day we didn't have our entire medical staff. So like, <laughs> it's real. Like we're, if there's positive, yeah. you have to go through protocol. There's no hiding it. It just hasn't been a case. Um, but you got to think too, like we stay in the hotel, right. And mm -hmm. we're with each other all day. So there's not a lot of our germ circles. Very, very limited right now. Not so saying you that no, you had no one sneaking in some girls out of the Seahawks. Yeah. Seattle yeah, there. yeah. Don't be trying to do that. Yeah. You got too much on the line <laughs> to be messing around like that right now. <laughs> you know? So it's just, it so, doesn't make sense. Yeah. For it to be. So it is, it space. is kind of like a bubble it, per se. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a bubble. Of, it's, I mean, I feel like all the teams have their so-called bubble. It's just how can you manage a bubble of this many people? Uh, it's kind of hard. So it's not necessarily a bubble bubble. And people like, and people I've been saying from the beginning, I don't think the NFL is going to stop. I think they're going to go through and play and everything. And it looks like we're on track for that. And people brought up baseball. But my thing was 
NFL teams have to travel way less than baseball teams. There's more people, obviously, but you guys aren't traveling multiple times in a week, you know? So I think that that's on the NFL side as you guys go into it. Obviously, traveling is going to be difficult, but it's it's less travel, you know? Right. It is less travel, but however, on the other side, too, we have more people, you know? It's like yeah. we yeah. travel a giant amount of people compared to, you know, a baseball team. But, yeah, there's less travel. So, I mean, it probably evens itself out. Um and hey, as long as we keep having everyone negative, I feel like, yeah, we're absolutely going to have a season and it's going to go well. Um, yeah, it's been looking good so far. At the beginning, I was kind of hesitant. There was like a quote of me saying that I wasn't confident about the season starting. But now, you know, as I've gotten into the building, seen the protocols, we literally get tested every single day. And, you know, there has been a, a few a few false positives, you know, that have gone across the board. There might have even been a couple positives uh, on a couple teams. But, um, you know, as long as we can keep it limited and keep it all, you know, just contained, then I'm confident that we're going to have some games. Hey, we, then, we need the NFL, okay? Because we come need the October, NFL, November, yes. when baseball and basketball and hockey are all done, there's going to be absolutely nothing except for the NFL. So please don't fuck this exactly. up. We need the NFL. Hey, hey we're going to do our best. <laughs> we need the NFL. Real quick, last one. I don't, you probably haven't seen, but the – Milwaukee Bucks currently just boycotted their game five playoff game uh, after the shooting in Wisconsin. Yeah. Do you think that that's something that, I mean, I saw the Lions canceled practice yesterday, but how are you guys kind of attacking social justice this year um, with everything kind of going on in the country from that side of it? Uh, we kind of addressed at the beginning of camp saying that, hey, if you want to stand for something, talking about an individual aspect, uh, this is Coach Lynn telling us, is like, if you stand for something and you want to represent something, then that's absolutely fine. Uh, you know, he might even take a stance with us. Um, but he mentioned that, hey, when we're, when we're at work, let's try to stay at work. But if you want to bring something up and talk about it, we can talk about it. Like, this, this is stuff that's real, stuff that affects our lives every single day or might not affect our lives but could affect our lives. And so it's worth talking about. And so he's given us, you know, platforms. And I know my running back coach has also given us platforms saying that, hey, if you guys need help talking about reaching out and doing anything with this stuff, then that's fine. And so I think there are, our, our team is on our back as far as letting us use the platform to speak out, which before it was kind of, you know, frowned upon. People were taking a knee during games. So that, that was just an example of, you know, people using the platform. And so I think they're on board with that now. They kind of understand it now. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate it had to take so much to, you know, show people that, hey, this is actually a real issue. But I feel like finally, hey, we're making progress. But it's a chance where, yes, our organization is behind us. If we all wanted to kneel, if we all wanted to do anything to represent anything, uh, as long as we were able to justify it, uh, I feel like our, our organization with the Chargers, they back us up. And so as far as things we're doing now, I am not sure. We haven't talked to the team um, is that how we want to represent some of the, the issues going on. Uh, I'm sure that'll come up, especially when games start, and you'll probably yeah. see see some stuff that you know will be represented. Yep. Good luck this season. Thanks for taking the time to interview me, man. No, appreciate no, you guys thank you for joining us. We appreciate. Hey, it, pick man. up on your fantasy team, though. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, who are you who are you taking number one? Uh, yeah, I actually have a, I have a fantasy uh, league with my Twitch stream. So there's 20 of us in one freaking league. So it's about to be a huge oh, that's a league. Lot. Yeah, that's a, so that's it's about, a lot. It's it's the maximum. I wanted to do more, but I couldn't because I tried to get everybody in. You know, <laughs> but are you really taking? Yeah. But are you really taking yourself with the first pick? I'm I'm 100 percent taking myself. Okay, yeah. all right. Believe what in, you believe in yourself. I feel like, I feel like you have to yourself. bet on yourself, right? Yeah, you have to bet on yourself. Yeah. There you go. There you go. All right, all right, <laughs> all right, boys. All right. Thanks, Austin. See ya. Adam, you don't play fantasy football. Zion, you playing fantasy football this year?
Yeah, man. I got my league. We're about to restart. About to do the draft next week. Yeah, next week. Austin Eckler. He made a pretty good case for why he should be a top, you know, five-ish pick. Nah, that's not happening, bro. Sorry, Austin. <laughs> oh, he's the main guy. Where is Austin Eckler in your draft board, young Zion? He's not. He's not top five. It's not happening. No. Who? See, Zion, if you get the first pick, you'd take Saquon over Christian McCaffrey. Well, Saquon's better than Christian McCaffrey, but I, in I fantasy, take, in I, fantasy I, football, I take, I take Christian McCaffrey, but Saquon wow. is better. Not Saquon loyal. Better. You're not loyal. Saquon Zion, is better. Zion, you know what happens in two weeks from this recording? Nope. Don't care. Yeah, you do, because you know what happens. The New York football giants <laughs> squaring off against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So based on everything you've been telling me, you will not be watching this football game. I I, I, I will be watching this football game for my job. For my oh, job. What, <laughs> for my for job. your job. How many, how many Listen, tweets are going to be needed? Going, they're not finishing the season, so it doesn't matter. Look at this guy. A- Adam, can we, can we spot the are. hypocrisy? This man's been talking trash about the NFL all summer, and now he's, oh, I'm watching in two weeks. I have to. to. But if you know Young Zion, you know he changes his tune every other fucking day. (laughs) No. Yes, a million percent, pal. Nah, you're the king of the world. He hasn't changed his tune way more. I'm consistent. He hasn't changed his tune on the NFL, but it's despite how many people we have on this podcast to tell him it's a wild take, he won't believe us. No, didn't uh well we didn't record Doug Sanders last week uh saying you know he shout, he, shout he out to Channing's manager Doug Sanders. Uh <laughs> he, he had his doubts as well. Doug's a goat. Um you know, I watched college football over the weekend. I actually bet on it and lost the game. So yeah, uh, it felt, you need it to felt go, a little yes. normal. As a, as I text you, go to a meeting. This uh, this go, guy the, go to a meeting. I didn't even I didn't even know what sports gambling was until I started working with Adam Caparell. So this man told oh. me to go to a meeting. Oh, so it was my fault you went down the deep dark hole. Yes. No one told you. No one told you fault. to sign up for an account, pal. Listen, can we pray for that high school football uh, program? That's <laughs> from, these games that are happening with full pack stands. Can no yeah, mask? So so some context here. <laughs> Over the weekend, I'm just like going through ESPN random channels, and I see a high school football game on. And I thought it was old because the stands were packed and like I didn't know that they were playing high school football. Then I see the mass and I text Zion and Zion's like, what the hell is going on? A game in like Tennessee, full stands and like Deion Sanders is coaching, his son's playing. I don't know what's going on, but full stands. It's crazy. Listen, uh, high school football is not worth it. <laughs> no, no. My thing is, my th- and my thing, what I thought over the weekend, not to go too far here, but how mad would you be if you're a Big Ten player and you're seeing all these other call it like it looks like they're gonna play? I'd be furious. You know, if I if I watch high school, if I'm a Big Ten player, I'm seeing high school football on ESPN. I am punching. I'm furious, <laughs> right? Like, how mad is Justin Fields that they're playing high school football, but they're telling you you can't play? And, and this isn't about whether they should play or not play with the wrists and everything. This is just the fact that they're playing and. Think about if you're a Big Ten recruit and you're like, what the hell? So, I don't know. That was our weekend. Adam was up in Vermont chopping wood, I presume. So. No, I was on the Lynx, pal. I was playing golf. Shot no. at 108, probably. Uh, wasn't um, a good, I drove the ball like a fuck, like Bryson DeChambeau on, on my <laughs> round, but I couldn't piece together a good score. Yeah, so. I, I think Bryson missed another cut. So, everybody else, <laughs> everybody else comes on this podcast and ascends. Bryson came on this podcast and has descended in his two tournaments post load management podcast appearance 
So <laughs> it made him laugh too much. Yeah, he, he he let his guard down too much, and and he's really struggling. Uh, huge shout out to Asia Wilson, Austin Eckler, uh, for coming through. Thank you guys for listening. Another episode. Uh, again, football season. We're going to be experimenting with you know a little shorter second episode with uh, some bite-sized content for you guys because we love you. Uh, make sure you hit the dial-in with all your hot takes. Follow us on Twitter. Thank you. We'll see you guys next time. Special thanks to our producer, Josh Dodd, our associate producer and sound engineer, Jasmine Plata, our production manager, Chancel Correa, our talent booker, Shanice Kelman, who gets us all our great guests, our director of talent relations, Kristen Price-Harrell, who also gets us the great guests, our senior director of operations, Jen Stewart. Shout out to the main man in charge, our GM, Donnie Kwok. This is the production of Complex Networks.